in our place of work, being a neighbor, being a person that goes out to the store and doesn't lose my cool because my uh, my meal wasn't made right or something was missing or they put ketchup instead of mayo on it. But today we are here being ready to be ministered to by God through the minister and the man of God that's going to come and speak to you. So I want us to go ahead and put our blessed hands together as we go ahead and prepare our hearts. Prepare our hearts. Lift them up to the Lord. Glorify Him and praise Him with us as we open this service.
Uh, we have hotel accommodations that are set up and prepared, but I need to know by tomorrow so I can make my reservation. You're not paying anything today or tomorrow, but we have to set up the reservation so that we can reserve it on the church car and then everybody pay for it at a later time before we go on a trip about 10 to 14 days before. But, um, but praise the Lord, as we prepare, um, I want to go ahead and, you know, when I arrived here many years ago, coming up on 16 years ago in a couple of months, that, um, that we had a, a great man of God who was up here ministering the word to us. Um, all the rest of the church was up at camp and um, with our youth camp. And at the time, pastor was the presbyter for our state, um, for our youth, or for our district, one of them, um, not district, but for our section. And, um, but this man, this great man who has many titles. Now he's had titles, which the highest in the call of God is reverend. But still today, even though he might have Dr. D.R. period at the front of his name, but one of the one that I really love to call him is Sergeant Parks. Sergeant Parks, come on up here, brother, and preach the word. Give us the gospel minister to the people of God. We're so thankful for the Lord in this place. We felt his presence this morning. Amen. Amen. We're thankful for a powerful God. Yeah. And all-knowing, everywhere at one time, right. precious God that cares for us. Yes. He is a way maker. Yes. He is a miracle worker. Yes. He is a promise keeper. Yes. There's someone that stepped in the building this morning that needed to hear that. Yes. That God is a way maker. He's a miracle worker. Even though you don't see it, he's working in your situation. Someone needed to hear that today, that we serve this powerful God. So thankful for the opportunity to stand at this podium uh, in the absence of my pastor and first ladies on her way out. We definitely uh, honor them. We thank them for the work of the Lord that they do. And uh, as, as my pastor, Definitely uh, keeping and holding me accountable, and I feel like we can all go to heaven together, uh, having the crutch bills as our pastor. We're so thankful for that. We want to go to the word of the Lord. If you would stand with me, I'm going to go to the book of Acts. Why not in a Pentecostal church? Uh, go to the book of Acts. The book of Acts chapter 8. I'm going to be reading from verses 18 through 25. The book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 18 through 25. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. He goes on to tell him, Repent therefore, of thy wickedness and pray 
If perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. He said, for I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness. In other words, you're not just bitter, but you're bitter with the bitterness, with bitterness of bitterness. And in the blood, in the bond of iniquity. You're not just sinning, but you're the sinner of sinners. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. That's what he asked, that he would pray this prayer. And then guess what? Peter and John go on about their business. <laughs> and they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. If you would, Reverend Munden, pray that the Lord will open our ears to his word. Lord Jesus, just as the minister said, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would open up our physical and spiritual ears, eyes, Lord, our sensibilities, Lord, where we may be able to feel your presence in this place, Lord. We know, Lord, hallelujah, that you are everywhere, Lord, but we want to see, Lord, a manifestation, Lord, of your train, Lord, that follows you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. The evidence, Lord, is you as the one and only true king of all creation and glory and salvation and regeneration. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We plead your blood and call for you to touch every part as he ministers this gospel to us. Thank you and glory to God in Jesus' name. Amen. From these verses, you may be seated. I want to preach to you an attraction of power. An attraction of power, the call to repentance. An attraction of power, the call to repentance. As we look at the opening of Acts chapter 8, we look at verses 1 through 4, we see Paul continuing in his persecution of the church. Paul is dragging people uh, through persecution to jail, and even uh, some have even died uh, because of the work of Paul. And Paul's very intention was to completely stamp out the gospel through persecution. Amen. Maybe, maybe at times in your lives with your families and maybe even on your jobs, you might feel some of this like persecution and feel like someone's there just to stamp out that gospel message that you may be, be trying to bring to them. But instead of this persecution stamping out the gospel, we find that it became the means by which the gospel message was being spread. And I want to encourage someone who may feel that you're suffering for the gospel's sake. That instead of this persecution becoming something that comes against you, that the gospel message is pushed forward by this persecution. For those who have faith, those that are anchored in Jesus, persecution will not intimidate us. Yes, 
I said persecution will not intimidate the one who follows Jesus Christ. Matthew 10 and 28, it speaks of power. And it says, Jesus said, do not fear those who only have power to kill the body, but rather fear him who has power to cast into him. That's right. Amen. I'm preaching a message of attraction to power. That's it. The call to repentance. It's necessary for us to repent. Amen. It's necessary for us to repent. Verse 5, and if you don't mind, I want to preach an expository message directly verse for verse. Is that okay? Verse 5 goes on to say, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ unto them. Sometimes our message uh, may seem so watered down that it takes Christ out. Sometimes when, my, when we're listening to the radio, my son will say, oh, I like that song. He'll say, what, you like it for that hip-hop beat that it has? Because they ain't saying nothing about Jesus, nothing about the word of God, you know? So what, what do you like about it? And, and Philip went to Samaria and he preached Jesus Christ. In verse 5, we see Philip is evangelizing in the city of Samaria. By the power of the Holy Ghost and the commission of Jesus Christ that we see in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Not only had the gospel message gone to Jerusalem and Judea, but now we see Philip preaching the message in Samaria. The, the, this is something that I say about those that study the word. Many times when we study, we tend to study outside the Word of God. And, and we feel like this causes us to be intellectual when we can read several books. But I want to tell you there's no better commentary to the Word of God than the Word of God. There's no better commentary to the Word of God than the Word of God. Here a little, there a little. Amen. We can find what we need right in the Word of God. If you have a question that needs to be answered, it can be answered in the Word of God. Someone gave me that testimony this morning. I'm just like, man, that is profound. And we use all these words like revelation. You're not receiving any revelation. There's nothing new under the sun. Everything about this Word has not changed. Why? Because this is the Word of God. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because God hadn't changed, his word hadn't changed. Maybe we're starting to understand it. But when they gave this testimony, they said, uh, the question was, um, it was from one verse that asked about the command of God and following his command. That we should follow the commands of God, and then once we follow his commands, we're blessed. Uh, we're the children of God when we follow his commands. And then God gave the answer. And the way God gave the person the answer was a, a piece of paper was floating in the air. And the person grabbed it. And it had Joshua 1 and 9 on it. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, how about, you want to know why you follow the command? Then God gave you the answer by a floating sheet of paper in the air. I'm here to tell you that if you got questions, 
God's going to answer them. Amen. He's going to answer them through his word. And it's going to be done through the gospel message being carried out. Uh, no persecution, no suffering, nothing that you go through can stop that gospel message from going forward. It is through persecution that Philip was forced out of Jerusalem to evangelize and to bring the truth of the gospel. You hear, hear what I'm saying? He brought the truth of the gospel to Samaria. In verse 6 it says, And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. How many like miracles? Yeah. <laughs> How many enjoy the blessings of the Lord? Come on now. Paid off. Paid in full. Amen. Thousands for this building. Millions for the other building. Exponentially different. Same God. Same God. Same God. And so these people took heed to this message that Philip spake. They saw miracles. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame were healed. Yeah. Imagine that. And there was great joy in the city. Yeah. Man, people feel joy when they see miracles happen. People being healed, lives being changed, people being delivered, folks being saved, and what? That gospel message being preached. I want us to be very clear of the Bible's description of power. The Bible's description of power describes it as an intrinsic characteristic of God. Power flows from God. Power initiates with God. Power, the origin of power is God. Psalm 151 says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. So we see even in creation that power is an intrinsic characteristic of God. Because power is in God and it's given by God, then power is an inherent characteristic of the people of God. Amen. We receive power from God. Right. Ephesians 3 and 7 says, Of this gospel I was made minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. Yeah. 
Whatever it is that we do in life, it's done by the power of God. As a characteristic of people, power is always received from God. But as soon as one perceives that power is in transit of themselves, they deceive themselves. I want to say that again. As soon as one perceives that power is intrinsic of themselves, they deceive themselves. John 19 and 11 through 10 through 11, then said Pilate unto him, Speaketh thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? This is what Pilate is saying to Jesus. Now we know Jesus going to respond to this. <laughs> Jesus answered and says, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. The only way that any person is going to have power is if God gives it to you. And he goes on to say, Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee had the greater sin. Come on. <laughs> Amen. Come on. See, power. Wow. It, it's really interesting to me how when man uses power, the result becomes deception, right. manipulation, right. sin. That's right. Amen. Amen. You don't have any power unless it's given to you. First Corinthians 15 and 56 through 57. Uh, I'm preaching that there's an attraction to power. And there's also in that a call to repentance. First Corinthians 15 and 56 through 57, the sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have power over sin. attraction of power to become a way of deception. Unless we're empowered through that union between the believer and Jesus Christ, it is impossible to have power over sin. We must continue that union with Jesus Christ to have true power. Matthew 28 and 18 and 19 says, And Jesus came, and he spake unto them, saying, All power is given to me. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing. Look at that connection again. Just like our scripture in Acts chapter 8. That connection between power and salvation. Come on, that's good. That salvation message is throughout the book of Acts, chapter 8. From the point of repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and being filled with the Holy Ghost, that message is in Acts, chapter 8. And I love, like I say, why did I talk about commentary? It's because everywhere, Matthew 28, Acts 1, Acts 8, 
they're all supporting each other. Go and teach and preach. Why? Because I'm giving you that power. Acts 1, power to carry that message through Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the rest of the world. Acts 8, fulfillment. Not only have they been to Jerusalem, but the persecution that was happening there pushed them out of Jerusalem, Judea, into Samaria, where we see Philip pick up here and began to preach a powerful message of Jesus Christ and him crucified. He tells him to go and to baptize in the name. Say that with me again. Singular tense in the name of the Father and conjunction of the Son and conjunction of the Holy Ghost. The name is Jesus. Power is an intrinsic it's intrinsic to the characteristic of God, and it's given to us. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. John 1 and 12. 2 Timothy 1 and 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. You know, sometimes when you read the word of God, you just got to slow down. Just got to slow down. Just slow down and, and, and see what's there. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us power. That power comes from God. It, it doesn't come from anywhere else. If it's going to be uh, saving power. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ephesians 6 and 10 and the NIV says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. This morning, Reverend Fowler preached an awesome message about uh, what, what was in our basket. Let's see what that. Are you, are, are your baskets full? And he asked the question, what do you have to offer? What do you have to offer? That's, that's the uh, uh, sort of expectation we should come to church with. As I'm preaching this message on power, you know, I, I thought about that message in this one, and I was thinking, you know what? We've got to come out of a thought of taking and into a, a, a thought of offering. What do you have to offer? If you come to church, uh, prepare to offer. I think that we can get the result that we need from God. He's the giver of power. And, you know, and if we just come offering ourselves up to him, we'll receive what God has for us. I wonder what would happen if there was less attraction to the power of God and more attraction to the God of power. Verse 9 and 10 shows us that the people were astonished. And what were they astonished at? The great power of Simon. We're talking about Simon the sorcerer. Verse 9 says, But there was a certain man called Simon, but which before time in the same city used sorcery, and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one. And I may say this again because I write notes. But, uh, you know, it pops up in my head that man will at all times, uh, uh, in his own wisdom, make himself the center of attention. Right. 
the center of attention. He thought of himself as being a great one. He wasn't by himself. And verse 10 says, to whom they had gave, all gave heed, from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. I noticed when I preached, a lot of people say amen. <laughs> you don't have any idea where I'm going that time, do you? I got you. I got you. So, so I better not say amen because I don't know what he's going to back it up with. Well, I raised my voice and I said, this man is the great power of God. And nobody says thank you. The person said amen, but I understand why I wouldn't either. He wasn't the great power of God. These people had been bewitched. They had been deceived. They had been manipulated. They had taken a human power and set it above the power of God. There's an attraction or there's a drawing of people to power. There's also a drawing of people. See, and, and I, I was sharing some of this with my wife, and I was saying power is good and power is evil. Yeah. Right? You know? They're not just to power, but there's a drawing to spiritual gifts yeah. and, and having this potential to, to, to show great blessings. But there's also a danger in its misuse. There's also a danger in its misuse. I'm talking about the attraction of power. Up to this point, the people had been tricked. They had been deceived. They had been bewitched into thinking that Simon was the great power of God. In their eyes, Simon was great. In his own eyes, Simon was great. In their eyes, he had become a deity. He had become a god to them. They said that this man is the great power of God. And I love how the scripture says, but, in, in, in verse 12, but when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. See, I'm a counselor, man, and it's tough because some of the things that people say to you, you're like, oh, that ain't the way it works. <laughs> you know, uh, that happened and I just did it. <laughs> you got mad. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's an emotion. You felt that. Before you got mad, you thought about what they did. You don't get mad about everything. I come out there, I shake hands. Some of you may get mad, I shake your hand. But, uh, I got this peppermint cane, I come out and give that to you. you know? <laughs> You're not going to get mad or angry at me just for that. It's like, he gave me the cane, I slapped it. <laughs> there were some points in between that, that some other things happened that that you're just not saying anything about. You know, you thought something about me. I hope it wasn't curse words, but you thought something about me. And then you felt something, and then you reacted. So these people, including Simon, believed. They believed. They were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also. 
And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. He, he believed so much that he was baptized. And not only was he baptized, but then he was discipled. He followed Philip. So wherever you want to go, that's where I want to go. I want to do whatever it is you're doing. And, uh, possibly for God. We have to go with what the scripture says, right? But I can tell you this one thing. He was impressed by power. He was attracted to power. And not only did the people believe, but Simon believed and followed also. Is it possible that he was holding on to, like we hold on to things, even after we've repented and we've been baptized in Jesus' name, many of us filled with the Holy Ghost, holding on to that old resource? Is it possible that he's been holding on to that need to be more powerful as he's following Philip? He's attracted to power, and he conceded that when he saw these miracles doing, uh, being done and this miraculous power, he saw that this power was far greater and had a greater return than the power that he had. I want to say again, power can be both good and evil. Power can be both transformative and deceptive. This power that Simon displayed, I don't want us to be foolish about it, though. This power was not some rabbit in the hat trick. This was not some hocus pocus. This was not some hand quicker than the eye. This power that Simon had even prior to being baptized, this power where people call him the great power of God. This evil and magical power that astounded the people. This was a real movement in the spirit realm. I want you to know that this was real power. This, this wasn't just some hocus pocus. All right? We're talking about demonic power to control others and things around them. So much so that they call this man the power of God. Is it possible that someone can be bewitched even when they're a believer and consider that man's power is greater than God? Verse 14 goes on to say, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they had were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Like I say, this is, man, this is a salvation message. You know? <laughs> it is. I mean, this is, this is the, the chapter that's used for into his marvelous life. Right. To draw, to, to give you, to draw you out of darkness into his marvelous life. We use this, this chapter. You know, this is a Bible study. You get part Bible study, part preaching. Come on. This is, this is part sinner, part saint. Come on. Yeah. Amen. A little something for everybody. Right? It's in the word of God. It, it ain't me. 
I promise you it ain't me. I'm learning it right now just like you are. I'm standing here I'm like, man, this is powerful. Why? Because when Peter and John came, these people hadn't received the Holy Ghost. And he prayed with them. This verse 16 says, For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So if, if, you, if you're here and you've repented of your sins and you, you're not baptized in Jesus' name, you can be baptized in Jesus' name. If you're here and you've been baptized in Jesus' name and you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, is in the Bible. You read it right along with me. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost. You can be filled with the Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived by the power. Then laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. You see? Oh yeah, man. Man, see I have to make a make a space there. I forget. So you're in the apostolic Pentecostal church. You say somebody filled with the Holy Ghost, you're going to get this. <laughs> desire for power 
led him to offer money in exchange for the ability to bestow the Holy Ghost on, on others. His selfish ambition exposes the peril of using spiritual gifts for personal gain That's right. and for manipulation. Didn't I tell you there were going to be something in it for the saints? Come on. Amen. Come on. Uh, right? Yeah. So we noticed that, that, uh, that, that when Simon used these powers, these evil powers, he wasn't, he wasn't believing. He wasn't baptized. Right? But then after he was, he still had his mind on the old thing that he used to do. Right? Yeah. And he said, man, I can use this. Uh, can, how much is it going to cost me? And we have to ask ourselves this question today. Why am I here? Why am I here? Reverend Father, that, that same question was asked this morning. Why am I here? Why do I want to be saved? And what's my reason for receiving the Holy Ghost power of God? Come on. This question precedes the truth of repentance. For the sinner and the saint alike, am I too proud to submit to the genuine power of God? And I'm going to jump ahead, but I'm telling you, I don't think this fellow ever repented. Come on. Through the laying on of hands, Peter and John prayed, and the people were filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Simon responded, give me this power. He was baptized. But I'm here to tell you that the scripture did not name him with those filled with the Holy Ghost. If you, and that's, that's where I was going, theologically, biblically, hermeneutically. Uh, when you read Acts 2 and 38 again, read it with understanding. That's right. You know, take your time. Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. How important is repentance? This fellow was baptized, and he still was not repentant. Peter told Simon that his money will perish with him because he thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. In verse 22, he said, Repent, therefore, of this wickedness, and pray God if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be get forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. The call to repentance. In response to Peter's rebuke, Simon acknowledges his sin. And he does ask for forgiveness. Genuine repentance requires humility and a willingness to turn away from our self-centered pursuits. Despite his missteps, Simon's story serves as a reminder, and this is a reminder for us all, of God's mercy and his transformative power when it comes to genuine repentance. There's someone in the house today needed a message that discussed genuine repentance. If you want the actual power, the true power of God, we have to have genuine repentance. Am I uh, just making a change in life 
because I noticed the power, I noticed the miracles, I noticed the blessings. When, when you're in the house of God and you're around the people of God, blessings come. Yeah. You know, I, I remember Father preached about that this morning, that draft. What is it called? Drafting? Drafting? Yeah, so you can tell I don't go, go to any races. <laughs> but that drafting, but I've done it with my motorcycle. Yeah. Probably yeah. unsafe. But I get right up there in a space where the truck is, and you can feel that wind just start picking you up. Yeah. And, uh, and, and in uh, NASCAR, in NASCAR, I guess that's one of the things that some of the, the, the drivers do. When there's a car that's speeding, you know, uh, uh, going at a good rate and maybe winning the race, the others will get in behind. Oh, yeah, they all speed. Uh, <laughs> there's another car that will get in there right behind them that may not be as fast as the one in front of them, but they'll get in the draft of the car. Is, am I saying that right? Yes, sir. And they'll get in the draft of the one in front of them and uh, be able to uh, keep up speed that way. That's right. That's right. Amen. Uh, genuine repentance. That's right. That's right. Genuine repentance requires us to, uh, you know, to be, to, as a, as an individual, what is it that I'm trying to let go, or am I still holding on to something that won't allow genuine repentance to come? The true power is from God. And if it's going to be given to us, we have to repent for real. The power works in us. We must not be concerned with who we are. We must be more concerned with whose we are. Not by our own power. Not by our own power, but by the power of God. We're talking transforming power. I'm going to have to close here. Come on. Watch me. Somewhat for my time. We can't repent having a heart filled with bitterness. We can't repent having uh, being captivated by sin. We have to repent. These people were captivated by Simon the sorcerer. Because you're in danger through sinful self-seeking, manipulation, personal gain, all of us are. Uh, all of us uh, are susceptible to this attraction to power. And so we must all genuinely repent. As I begin to close, I want you to know that there's power in the preached word of God. This is it. This is the real deal. They don't believe me over there. Now come now. I'm going to allow them to get started. <laughs> they don't believe I'm close. <laughs> you can play music and everything. <laughs> There's some things that had changed. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the salvation message, the word of God, God himself, these have changed. Just as much as they needed it then, we need it now. We must repent. We must be baptized in Jesus' name. And we must be filled with the Holy Ghost. That is the only way that we're going to be given power from God.
deceived when we attempt to operate on our own power. If you simply show up to church due to an attraction of power, you've got to repent. If you're here today and you're just here because of the blessing, I'm talking to saints. If you're here because of the blessing, you're here because of the miracle. You've seen the miracles happen. And you think that, you know, because I showed up here, the blessings are just going to continue. And they may, because that's the God we serve. Amen? I'm here to tell you that that's an attraction to power, and it's being misused. We must genuinely repent. Genuinely turn. Matthew 2 and 1 through 2 says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye. Why? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why are we repenting? We're repenting because there's a present day kingdom. Not because of some promise that you await. The kingdom of God, there's a term that's used that says, the kingdom is already and not yet. And you can only get that from God. You can only get that from God. The kingdom of God is here. It's present. And we have to respond as if it's present. And we must also respond that there's a promise awaiting us. The kingdom of God is already. And at the same time, it's not yet. Therefore, repent. Stand with me. Therefore, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. It's a present kingdom. And it requires present action. A present kingdom that requires present action. This is the cause. This is the call. Have we been attracted to come? You know, that's a thing in church now. And you can't think that some one-time prayer, some one-time handshake, taking the cross off the building so that more people will come in, water down gospel message, you, you, that may be attraction, but it's not going to attract us to the power of God. Philip preached the thing pertaining to the kingdom of God, which was Jesus Christ. And I'm saying that same message to you right now. I, I'm telling you, I'm not good at this. This is the part where it seemed to fall away from me. I want to say I'm good at it because I'm a preacher. But I ain't no hype man. If you want God, you got to get it for yourself. This is, this is the point. This is the point where I say the call's been made. You got to answer. Other preachers do this so much. They, I mean, they're powerful in this part right here. But I can't let this fall off. I just got to say what God gave me. Are you attracted to the power? Or are you willing to have genuine repentance? That's for the saint in the center of life. If you're in the building and you haven't repented of your sins, you come. Come now. There might have been something you did before you came in the building today. Every time 
Every time that I'm in the presence of God, I repent. Every single time I'm in his presence, I repent. I'm a human being. I don't take away from that and say, hey, I'm a human being, I just do whatever. I'm saying, you know, in our, in our humanity, humankind, we, we cross things. And at times, we may not even realize we've been attracted to the power. You know? Well, we have an opportunity right now. If you're in the building and you feel like, hey, man, I, I just, I don't know what it may be, but I know I don't feel the presence of God the way that I should. I don't, I'm not experiencing that power. I'm telling you, come now. Come now. If, if there's something going on in your life and you need God power to work in your life, come now. There's a call. There's a call. And I'm calling that the call to repentance. That is what's going to counter our attraction to power. Whether that's evil power or whether that's the spiritual power of God. Many of us are attracted to the miracles. We're attracted to the blessings. We're attracted to uh, uh, the gifts. But are we attracted to the God of all that power? Amen. You have an opportunity to come. She's going to begin to sing. Come now. Come now. Allow the Lord to work in your life.
We want to remember that we are still taking plastic egg donations, candy donations for our annual egg hunt. Please see Sister Cheryl or Ashley, or you can give at the giving stations up here or cash, right? If you don't want it to be traced, then you've been buying eggs. But it's all right. Um, next Saturday, we do want to pray for and honor um, Sister Joy and uh, Brother Sheldon and their family as uh, Brother Chris is um, uh, going home service is going to be next Saturday at 2 p.m. So if you want to be here um, with with um, Sister Joy and her family um, as she sends her husband off, we want to continue to lift them up in prayer. Bless them as they're going out and they're coming in as they will have a transition of life all right, and their lives here. And, um, and we want to make sure that we um, that we encourage her and strengthen her. She has not skipped the beat. She was at prayer yesterday. And we honor that because uh, Sister Joy is faithful to all the ministries at the Church of God. And we want to continue to lift them up um, that the Lord may console them. And lastly but not least, on Tuesday, we will be having our life groups meet here about um, just about five, ten minutes after church. Have some things that have to hand out that we have to fill out in order to prepare for our groups that are going to be going on uh, quarterly. And you all, the rest of you, but this is for the leaders, people that's going to be meeting, ministering, preaching, teaching, and all that, and um, or leading one of the groups that came to one of the initial meetings, or has let us know that they wanted to come to the meeting so that they may be able to learn and lead one of these groups. But uh, prepare your wallets, prepare your purses as we get ready to give back into God. Blessing this local assembly. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we are thankful, Lord, that you have blessed us with a powerful word today, Lord. On power, Lord. We pray, Lord, that as we go on our way, Lord, that we have to remember, Lord, that our words are power, Lord. Our deeds are power, Lord. And as we walk, everything that we do, we must do in the power of the Holy Ghost, in the strength of Jesus Christ that will move us farther faster, higher, and greater to reach others. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We pray, Lord, for the mighty move today, Lord Jesus, and everybody's life, and to leave these doors. And we pray for this offering that we're about to give, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. We plead your blood. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless. Go with God. And uh, y'all have a great week. And please do not forget all our announcements. And I'm going over to the youth room right now for the beat.